Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. So anyway, back to Miss, Mrs. Judd Apatow. Or Mr. Leslie Mann. Yeah, that, let's do that. Mr. Leslie Mann. Mr. Leslie Mann. She is too beautiful for him. And she's too funny for him. No, he's funny. He's a funny guy. We didn't talk about Knocked Up on our 2008 Oscars episode because it wasn't nominated for any Oscars. I would have nominated Leslie Mann, Phil, and I would have nominated it for Best Original Screenplay. Does it hold up? Uh, It's been a while since I've seen it. It's the only long Apatow film that justifies its length, Mm. I think. Funny People does not. I remember... I don't know about Funny People... The scene where Paul Rudd says about his children doing bubbles that he's never been that passionate about anything in his life. It's very real. (laughs) I think about that when I read Drag Race Twitter. (laughs) Literally every time. I felt that. (laughs) What I like, like the reason why the shaggy length works is because the entire movie is like a subversion and a rejection of the tidy packaged romantic comedy in terms mm-hmm. of this is how a couple meets and falls in love. Right. Knocked Up is like two people continually, like continuously fighting against one another to not fall in love. Yeah. And then they do, and then they don't, and then they aren't together, and then they're together. I just want to know what the sexual politics are like 10 years later. That's the real question. You know? That's yeah. The real I, I haven't seen it in at least seven But Leslie Manville years. sobbing on the sidewalk Leslie outside Mann. the club. Did you do that on purpose? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I've already done it once. I know, yeah. but... <laughs> It just rolled off your tongue that time, so I wasn't. I'm, sure t- I'm was trying to purpose. get into my my new language, Great. my new verbiage. Wonderful. It's an, an official uh, added to the movies IMO Wonderful. dictionary. Mm. Dictionary. 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 Oh, I love dictionary. There's there's a glamour shot of a pictionary board in the illustrious film Game Night. So many glamour shots of. Games of Parker Brothers games. I was gonna say, are they official branded games? Is this a capitalism? Is that why you called everyone late capitalist dummies? Yes, (laughs) we brought life, our favorite game, to game night. The game of life. So these games are getting, these brands are getting paid millions of dollars because Mm -hmm. they're being shown in game night. Well, I'm sure that Warner Brothers just has. A deal with Parker Brothers, right? Like Paramount has a deal with Hasbro. I have to say, I mean. Every single studio movie, ever since Star Wars, merchandise is where the money is at. Mm -hmm. And it is true for Star Wars The Last Jedi. It is true for Jurassic World. The only reason there's three time. It is true for On Body and Soul. It is true for everything now. So I guess I'd rather people be buying board games than action figures. Okay. But I have not seen the motion picture game night. I don't think I will. If I was... I will. If I was laughing... I wouldn't have hated it so much. The thing about comedy... I don't know why I'm sitting at an angle still. Comedy. The thing about comedy... It's subjective. It's, it's, it's good to laugh. Is I it? hope you all laugh when you see it. I can't wait to laugh. After 35 minutes, I was like... After 35 years, I was I like, finally laugh. This movie is not going to change from what I've already seen. Because it's a studio comedy. The laughs were not coming. 
The laughs you know, are like, coming. I did have the one, laughs keep coming. One laugh that laughs his face. Coming. Kyle Chandler? No. The other one from Friday Night Lights. Uh, I don't even know who's in this movie. Jonham? What's his name? Is John Hammond the, the one that no, the one that's in every movie? Oh, it's uh, the blonde guy. No, 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 he's a redhead. It's, yes, it's uh, it's Jesse Plemons. Yes, Jesse Plemons is in it. Yeah. yeah, he's the creepy neighbor. Landry, I don't, Landry. I don't like that. I don't like that. Jesse Plemons is so fucking hot. I don't like he it. Was like very when, funny. when Breaking Bad turns and turns him into like a bad seed kid. Mm-hmm. When Game Night, this movie I haven't seen that I now hate, uses him as a sociopath. You are miscasting Jesse Plemons. He's the creepy the cop neighbor who wishes he was invited boy. to Game Night. Yeah, Far- no one wants to go to Game Night that bad. Fargo yeah. did it too. They made him like the. He was so sweet, he's though. He's the stooge. He was the a stooge. sweet, sweet little stooge. I love a stooge. But he's still such a cutie in Fargo season two. Yeah, yeah that's true. Speaking of late capitalist dummies, well, not late capitalist dummies, but capitalist dummies, we know Fargo season two is all about swapping out real Main Street, love thy neighbor, stronger together values with a corporatized version of what it means to be a patriot. Yes. yes. Season two is all about the bait and switch of those Fargo ideas. Fargo season two is my favorite so season I, of television of Me all too. Time. <laughs> And it came out the really? same year as OJ, just, I think. I love it Which is the so only reason why it didn't sweep much. the Emmys. I do too. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. Patrick Wilson is probably a, a Republican voter. But right. the way that he suspiciously peeps at Ronald Reagan while they're peeing in that one quick scene with Reagan mm-hmm. says it all. Like, he's, he's so, he stands for, like, a decency... A, it, you know, remember like when George, when George W. Bush was like, I'm a compassionate conservative back, and yeah. there was bullshit because there's no such thing anymore. Or okay. 20 years ago as a compassionate conservative. Patrick Wilson's character probably was a compassionate conservative. Right. Anyway, welcome everyone. Anyway, we have I to like remember. yell about being a leftist for a little bit. Anyway, everyone, <laughs> union rights, solidarity, stronger together. <laughs> we watched Seven Samurai. I'm just last do- night I'm just doing a solidarity fist m- into the mic. Motion picture theater, and <laughs> my life when he is changed goes. He goes, if you swish swash. Well, there's that. But <laughs> With he's his like, sword. There's so much swishing and swashing. There's so much. And, and straight white men get so fucking lit on this movie. Did I tell you what that straight man said? Straight men love. The one in front of us? There was, okay, so there was, at the Arrow, there was this man, very loud. There was like four people in the theater. He walks in, he's like, I want to sit on the left side because that's where the action is oh centered. Oh my On the God. left side of the screen. <laughs> So out of my way, no one was in his way. I'm sitting on the left side of the screen. Major cinephile here for the major work. I've read the text. I've then, studied the book. And then the I'm, text. Just, I'm sitting there minding my own business. And this very, very nice man. Very nice. He, he's, he just crosses my path. There's 800 aisles open. Mm-hmm. And he crosses right in front of my aisle. And he turns and he says, have you seen this before? And I said, no. And I, I'm just so excited. It's my first Kurosawa. I can't wait. And he's like... Oh my god! And then he just goes off about mm-hmm. it's the best movie ever, and this and that, and this and that, and wow, he's he wasn't like, he wasn't wrong. This straight men Star Wars love this that, movie. yeah, and it's a great movie. It but, is an excellent film, but white men love this. Movie. <laughs> the only movie that's over three hours that I would watch any time of any day is probably Tony Erdman. Apart from or that, John Dielman. Uh, well, no, I don't know if I would watch John Dielman just any old day. Oh, I would. <laughs> oh, I, I get I, throw I, it I get, on. I know I get throw it on. I'm saying watch to completion. Oh, well, I would like to. I I, I would aspire to live. Well, such a where grounded... do you have time to watch Tony Erdman every day? I could watch Tony Erdman at the end of a night out. 
I couldn't do that with Jean Dielman. That's accurate. I'm just excited that, like, I've discovered two of my favorite movies of all time in the past year, and What's they're the both Tomorrowland? three and a half hours. Oh. Tomorrowland! Three and a half hours. Tomorrowland. They're both three and a half hours long. Genre Dielman and Seven Samurai. I was so Samurai. lit, I went home at midnight and started Rashomon. I that love is that. just Rashomon and my jimmies a little bit. <laughs> I'm psyched. Rashomon and your jimmies. And you have to watch Akiru. I'm going to watch Akira, I'm going to watch Yojimbo, and I'm going to watch Watch The Hidden Ron. Fortress. The Hidden Fortress is one of the oh, big yeah. epics that I don't think gets enough airtime. And it's really fun. Isn't it yeah, exciting to it. discover probably one of my favorite directors ever at the age of 28? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we all have that. Late, late discovery. I wasn't in super into Claire Denis until like a year and a half ago. Same. You know? Same. I'm excited. Never be ashamed of changing your taste. And learning and growing. And growing. I agree. The the Juno retrospective really illustrated that to uh, me. <laughs> always be Always growing. be bendy. Adapt. So, Not too bendy. So yeah, back to um, really my favorite movie of all time. Brad Bird's Tomorrowland. Yes. <laughs> Which is a wonderful segue into saying, <laughs> Let's follow up hi everyone. <laughs> Ratatouille minus a Mission Impossible movie in between. But yeah. Hey, film fans! Welcome to another episode of Movies! I am O. Hello. Hello, how are you? Good to see you. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. Just since we've been together, but it's the same amount of time since the last episode came out. Correct. This is the closest that we've ever recorded 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 and... If you're listening on release day, we recorded this about 12 hours ago. Yeah. We've never done that before. We're it's a nail biter. It is down. Well, I guess to the it. wire. Also, also I predictions. I yeah, did. that's true. Oh yeah, but that wasn't even a real episode. No, yeah, it wasn't. Hopefully, we will not fumble it when it comes down to the wire. My name is Daniel Crook. I'm really. Can we just do the fucking? Today, can we just do the? And names? I'm very concerned about like <laughs> this is not a visual medium. How much of volume was taken out, and it just it, I feel like it really accentuates. It looks how good. Big my head Mm-mm. is. It's no, a, good, I it's like a, it's a really good cut. Thank you. And Brandon, you also have a nice fresh cut going on. Yeah, thank you. We're rocking some cuts on this end of the table. I am not. I so I just got back from Nashville, Tennessee, and I was there three years ago with my little sister and she showed me some pictures of our last trip and I was rocking a tight fucking cut and I remember like boys were looking at me Ooh. and I was just like strutting around Young southern twonk a Tennessee twonk Tennessee twonk well no this this time I came back three years later as a Tennessee twonk I have a mop of hair on my head right now I was extremely unconfident like about it no it's not long it's enough almost, to be like Timothy I mean it's almost Timothy in the film yeah, that's in, not bad. Call me by your name. Your name. Call me by your name. Name. Timothy. Shout out name. I have been <laughs> considering... Oh, and let's just get it on the record now. I don't care that Oscar season is over. I still intend on making all the same stupid fucking callbacks to our Call Me By Your Name episode <laughs> or whatever the fuck. We're never going to not talk about or reference we're Oscars. Ta- Brandon and I were already talking about next year's Oscar race yesterday. There is a film literally Jason called... Jason Reitman has two Runner. movies out this year. Yeah, is, I, I am so upset <laughs> that Hugh Jackman is playing Gary Hart. What a plum fucking role for I don't know it. anything about Gary Hart. Oh. Yeah, I don't know either. Would you like me to talk about Gary Hart, or shall you wait for the film? Let's wait for the film. Fascinating, <laughs> fascinating figure in American politics. A real hinge point for when the personal and the private... The personal and the political... And the, the private... What I mean is the personally private and mm-hmm. political collided wow so 
Just Gary look, Hart would have been a presidential contender. Look forward to he those. He would have been the front runner, you might say. The um, front runner. Can Directed you believe Jason we're going to have to see headlines that say, front runner might be your new front runner. Yeah, I'm already over it. I'm <laughs> already kill, over it. I would have killed myself. Like the day before it premieres at Toronto and no one has seen it yet. <laughs> front runner is the new, is the first front runner. I'm annoyed. <laughs> okay, anyway, what the us. fuck are we talking about? My name is... Daniel Crook. Timothy. My name is... <laughs> Mom, that's what my name is. I already said it. I was going to say that my name is Daniel Crook Chalamet, but I don't think that we would change our last names or even like do a hyphen. Mm. I think we'd keep it separate. My name is Brad Bird. Brandon Kirby Bird. Bird? <laughs> a lady bird, you might say? <laughs> Brandon Kirby Lady Bird Brad. Oh, makes me laugh. My name is... Mrs. Lakeith Stanfield, <laughs> star of Selma, which I watched again this morning. And Lakeith Stanfield's in Selma. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he gets shot. He's the one that gets shot and killed in the stomach. What's a Wrinkle in Time rated PG for? The mat or the Maddox sure. Vis- Visceral salad. <laughs> <laughs> Airborne salad. Airborne visceral salad. <laughs> when angry, angry the gay children serving produce. <laughs> Large Oprah's. <laughs> when re- <laughs> the salad creature, the salad dragon, <laughs> the serving produce. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about <gasps> Ava DuVernay's new film, Wrinkle in Time. Oh my god! I'll say that one more time. Um, a Wrinkle in Time. Got to get the article we, correct. I'm also glad that we pushed recording this because now we know what her next film is. That's correct. Yes, we were supposed to record earlier last week, but I was sick as a dog. Promo I Love Dogs episode coming out in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I was so sick, I couldn't speak. So we are, that's why we were recording. You were this flat on record. your back. I was helpless. I was tender. I was open. By which I mean I was watching Tomorrowland on the couch nice. with a hot water and honey and lemon. What a fun film for you Le to Mon. enjoy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, everyone. I'm just heaving over here. Okay, so we're talking about A Wrinkle in Time. This is Ava DuVernay's newest picture. She is the first woman of color to helm a studio picture with a $100 million budget. Mm -hmm. Nice. And she is about to do it again. And she's about to do it again for DC for a project called, I want to say, The New Gods? There's no the. It's cleaner. It's just new Drop gods. Drop the the. Drop the the. New gods. It's new gods. New gods. And this is a DC picture? I, yes. I, this is going to... I just hope to God that someone who's listening to this will understand what I mean. But you bring up the social network, and I was listening to the Slate Political Gap in my car before I came in here. And I was thinking about David Plotz and how he's always trying so hard to be contrarian. And it, I made, it made me think of Rashida Jones saying, you're not an asshole, Mark. You're just trying so hard to be. Mm-hmm. So for any Gab mm-hmm. listeners out there, that's my take on David Plotz. Nice. There is a the. Whenever I... There is a the. I have a... Get your article right. I have a a small handful of comic book friends, and I was the one that broke to news, the news, to... to news. A news? The news to several of them, and they were all like, oh my They were like, what? What? And you were like, let's go, let's go, let's publish, let's do it. Yes. I've I've never even heard of this. Mainly, it was the reaction of... I can't believe that they would ever make this into a movie, which speaks, I think, well to what we're going to get. Yes. Oh, oh, I thought you meant what we're going to talk about today. So they're saying it's unadaptable? No, just that they're excited you and might... that it's like edgy and exciting cool. compared to the other Marvel prop, Marvel, I mean, DC this, properties. This is going to be great for DC. 
this will be their next Wonder Woman <coughs> situation. One hopes. Yeah. Like an actual good movie. Well, I mean, you and, didn't think A Wrinkle in Time was a good movie, so why would you think that this will be a good movie? Well, I don't think A Wrinkle in Time is a bad movie because of Ava. I Does Ava DuVernay's Lengel, Lengel's adaptation I've never known how to her marks? Loud. I... <laughs> Come on. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't like A Wrinkle in Time, but it's because I don't know. There Let are, me just quickly No <laughs> I, Charles Wallace. Don't make the precocious child your villain. Charles Wallace! Just don't. Please. Okay. <laughs> don't I, I swear to God, Brandon, if you get on don't social justice about the, the gay villain and how that's a problem. I'm gonna walk right out of here. No, it's not a political thing. I just found him so annoying. Okay, let me just quickly I did not like that character. And I'm 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 genuinely excited to hear you talk about that. I have to just say what the movie is. So just let me yeah. get two sentences oh, right. in. <laughs> just let me, and, and I'm not trying to shut you up. I, in fact, we'll jump straight into Charles no, Wallace, please. But we're about 20 minutes in. What are we? Let talking me just quickly about? get. We're talking about the Wrinkle in Time. It is Ava DuVernay's newest picture. This film is about a young teenage girl named Meg Meg Murray. Her father is a scientist. Her mother is a scientist. He's into macro shit. She's into micro shit. Gugu Mbatha-Ra! Gugu. Gugu Mbatha-Ra is the Jean Dielman of the Wrinkle in Time universe. No one appreciates her, but she is keeping the goddamn lights on. Gugu is so good in this. She's good in every single thing I want she does. Her, she is so I good was in thinking this. earlier today. Who gave her permission? <laughs> As I was watching Selma, I was like, Gugu and Lakeith need to be in a rom-com together. Or just like, in real life. Oh, hell yeah. Like, stat. Yeah. Oh, I need them in. Yeah. Or a drama. Subscribe. But no, no, no. Any I want it in a weird... I want it in a drama, but I want it in a weird, like, offbeat, not in a quirky way, but I want them to play, like... Like, like okay, 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 okay. Uh, yeah. I want them to do Phantom Thread. I want them to do Phantom Thread if it was Kelly Reichert's Night Moves. I want them oh, to play eco-terrorists. Okay, well, I want Gugu and Bothera and Lakeith Stanfield to play... <laughs> A couple of yeah. eco-terrorists Hell yeah. who have an interesting power dynamic that shifts back and forth, and then she feeds him a poisoned mushroom. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what I want. Speaking of eating mushrooms in movies that Gugu and Bathara is in, how about that wrinkle in time, y'all? So anyway, Meg's daddy, played by Chris Pine, <laughs> daddy. disappears without a trace. We don't know where he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. But he's gone. He has slipped into that wrinkle of time. And anyway... One, she basically, with the help of like three mystical avatars of self-empowerment played by three wonderful women that we'll get into in a minute, she and her gay brother, Charles Wallace, and a boy who is obsessed with her, low-key obsessed with her, they slip into... <laughs> High-key obsessed. High-key High obsessed. I'm going to go on this fucked up journey with you, and I they, just They basically <laughs> do Disney stalker for the next 90 minutes, where they're slipping sure. into... Uh, interdimensional realms with less and less bearing on reality and stronger and stronger emotional resonance as they go on. Until they get to a chamber that looks like a James Terrell piece. A what? James Terrell? Is that an artist? Yeah, paints with white. Oh, yeah, it does look like a James Terrell piece. I went to the James Terrell. It's at At the LACMA. LACMA. They still have the the big one. one with the big light. It's just like change. It's a white it's a, room. I am not familiar. James Terrell. James Terrell is this awesome like 
desert cowboy old grizzled man who creates I in- love dick. installation is it like i love dick no it <laughs> kind of in a way um kevin bacon i love i, I love i love dick by I the like way is james it. terrell just kevin bacon older okay bigger beard james terrell creates these installation Game pieces of, Thrones? of light martin Mar- <laughs> excuse me beard you know george R. R. martin does live in new mexico though so yeah, kind of. So basically. But with a cowboy hat. I don't think Mr. Martin, Mr. R. R. Martin wears much of a cowboy hat. A wide-brimmed. He might. Ten gallon. You don't know what he does when he gardens. I don't. You don't even watch that show. No, but I'm familiar. You don't even read those books. I have read the books. You don't even go what? there. You what? read You read the Song of Ice and Fire? I've only read the first one. Okay, well, talk to me when you've read the other four. <laughs> Talk, talk, talk to me when you've sunk six months of uh, your life into reading those goddamn Guys, did you know David Oyelowo? Oh, yellow one? Oh, yellow. Uh, voices the it. Yes, I did. And the reason that I know that. No, but I was just wondering. Oh, he's not in this one. No, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and he is. And then Gay Charles Wallace goes to Mordor, and then I recognize that voice. Hi. Mm. Anyway, are uh, you, what's the rest of the summary of the movie? That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's the film. It's actually, you know, for being like this unadaptable book and like. Ava, like, pretty, like, she streamlines it. Like, it's pretty, I, you're never really confused so, with what's happening. It's pretty just like. I thought it was pretty clear. Yeah. When the first trailer Wrinkle. dropped, like, More a like year ago clear skin to me. <laughs> I was what? like, it said, from visionary director Ava DuVernay. And I was like, uh, That's just them Mark trying to market it. But then watching the movie, I think she earns it. I do too. I think she earned it with Selma. I think Selma is in many ways an epic. There's a lot of big... I mean, if you look at how the American Film Institute anyway defines epic, basically the checks that you're hitting are... It's a a film of historical record, historical relevancy, and large cast. And a hero's quest in the middle of it. So by by that definition, Selma is an epic. And wide shots. Big ass wide shots. Big ass wide shots of lots of people. Yeah, yeah. but you know what? So in, and in Selma, I mean, we'll talk about Selma. But what I love about A Wrinkle in Time, and, you know, on the record, I don't think this movie totally works, but I kind of love it. And the more distance I have from it, the more I love it. I, I admired it more than I enjoyed watching it. And then after the fact, I'm like, it's really kind of cool that kids are going to see this trippy fucking like stalker film with themes of self-empowerment the the message is really really good if a little on the leaf the whole thing is completely on the nose and it's the the lesson is shoved down your fucking throat absolutely but it is a very very and good it's message. like the meg's arc is not tracked properly like for sure the whole plot is just like this is now going to happen because the plot needs it to happen. And, yeah. like, Meg is not growing at, like, we don't see her becoming the self-empowered person that she needs to be by the end. She's just being told to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and then she just does it. And that's yeah. a problem. But Yeah, no, I feel that. I, I think that this movie... Uh, well, I have a number of things. I'll, I'll just. It's not I'll E.T. Stay, yeah, I'll, I'll stay as. Right. Pl- and here's which a, is my favorite movie of all time. And E.T. E. doesn't really have a villain until halfway through, right? right? This movie doesn't have a villain until the last third. But because because Elliot is at war with himself, with his family situation, and then the relationship between he, him and E.T. is just such a. It's so pure of heart and mm-hmm. compelling on those terms that you don't need the external force of an antagonist. But this movie really could have used that, or it could have used, 
And I, you know, I think Storm Reed is so great in this movie. And mm-hmm. I think that Ava DuVernay has always been interested in um, interiority mm-hmm. of her characters. And I love that for a big budget film, it, every scene is basically told in close-ups. Which is very yeah. cool and, and intimate. And it, and you would think builds a sense of interiority and would help illustrate this battle that Meg is having with herself about her low self-esteem and how it's keeping her from unlocking her true potential. And, I mean, that's basically it, right? Yeah. Can't she, like, not, like... I wish the, that was, a, you know, a little bigger. In the weird... Yeah. In the weird, like, Zach Galifianakis scene where she, like, can't balance on the rocks, isn't it because she just simply doesn't believe in herself? Like, yeah. Oprah keeps telling her, like, just believe in Oprah's yourself. Oprah's like, there's your balance! <laughs> there's your balance! So... Everyone yes. keeps trying to tell her. It's all within... It's the Wizard of Oz. It's, it's been, the Wizard of Oz. It's been within you the whole time. And I do like when you get that, like, kind of, like, duality of Meg. Like, you could see, like, the evil the Meg. The evil Meg. Like, yes, the Meg that's that she... that's very exciting. The, the, the Meg I that think it is she too. thinks... She should be. Yeah, she you has know, the po- the the quote unquote popular version it's, of herself. Honestly, her it's all, all about the hair. It's and, all about the hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very self conscious about her hair. And the fact that the boy keeps being like, "By the way, I love your hair." Like yeah. those are the touches that Ava DuVernay brings to this that yeah. make this movie matter. And like, I I've spent way too much time reading like Fox News op eds on this movie. Like, I don't know why I'm doing it to myself. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing it to myself. But they're basically being like. Look, the critics didn't like it. If you read the reviews, they're pretty upfront that the movie doesn't work. But because it's got diversity, we're pretending that it matters. And, like, obviously that is bullshit for a million reasons. But it goes beyond just, like, checking a box to include a lead character who is scared or who is insecure about her hair because mm-hmm. the world has told her to. Yes. And to, to, in a children's movie especially, children's movies are all about messaging. I mean, that's hyperbolic, but, you, you know, especially yes. through Disney, like... They're all about themes. They're all about making kids feel better by the end of the movie. Yeah. And I do think that it's pretty fucking cool and of merit, by, like, it is of merit to have this, this like, little white boy be like, by the way, your hair is amazing. Yeah. I think I, mm-hmm. the critics have had their say on this movie, and in 20 years, the children who watch this movie right now mm-hmm. are going to... Like reclaim this I agree. movie. I agree for sure. One hundred percent. That's yeah. going to happen. I think that adults, yeah. uh, this adult pointing to myself anyway, have trouble staying engaged with this movie because even though it does have these whimsical, like extravagantly eye popping uh, visuals, like even psychedelic at times, the movie doesn't have really much stakes to it whatsoever like ben was saying the the plot only happens because it has to right it doesn't feel like it unfolds in a really organic way um and the fact that there is no tension between our protagonist and an antagonist it is just the whole movie a lot of times it has these moments that like soar like literally like fly in the air and the other times just like on the back of a salad dragon monster of a disturb what was it that i said that you liked disturbing lettuce disturbing produce (laughs) disturbing produce but then other times it's just so slack you know but kids don't care i don't think kids care yeah no it's just so it's magical there there's there's a lot of not well there are several really lovely moments that like pulled me through the the segments that i truly did not like Mm -hmm. like there are stretches of this movie that i'm like Oh no, this is bad. <laughs> but I never felt that. I there there were times where I was like, "Oh God!" But like, 
when you hit those moments like the Oprah speech, the giant Oprah wandering in the pasture, the yeah, the the Storm Reed just delivering a great performance, like little moments throughout, like kept kept me through, and then to the end, the ending's really good. I think I was never out of this movie, and you know, there's the first scene where Reese is in their living room and she like faces off with Gugu Mbatha Ra yeah. and there was a shot where it is the two of them in the frame and it's just like the the, yes. the just tiniest the slivers of their faces of their face yes. on either side and it's mostly negative space yeah. I was like I trust Ava now. like yeah. I I have always enjoyed her mm-hmm. I didn't love Selma but I I like I respect her and I was like this like, I get what she's trying to do. She's trying to turn a children's movie into something more artful. Into an intimate character drama that is take pla- taking place on an entirely new wavelength plane of the spice, spice space-time continuum. Yeah. And she does, mostly. And again, because I love that she covers her scenes in close-ups, for the most part. Unless she, like, has to get the studio-mandated wide shot. Although, not, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's true. She says that Disney was a joy to work with on the movie and they let her do whatever she wanted. But yes, that's a great example of how she's able to take some of the, uh, some of her style from the smaller family character dramas and transplant it onto this hundred million dollar Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's was... why she's a visionary. She is visionary. This was another movie where they had the director do an intro. Yeah, last, what was last, that about? The last Disney movie I saw, I don't know about you guys, was Coco, where they also had the directors do an intro. Is this a thing that Disney's just doing now? I missed the beginning of I definitely Coco. saw the Coco one. I feel like I've seen it from another studio, though. I, I don't Introing know. Introing the movie? Yeah, I just can't place it. It's just weird to have like them being like, thank you so much for coming to the to see this, I don't know, it just feels like they don't... It just feels like Disney doesn't trust the movie. Like, they need to have the director say something at to, the beginning. Like, thank you so much to for me, coming. To me, it's more like they're already canonizing it. Like, they're not insecure. They're, they want you to feel like what you're about to see is a new, serious canon work and, like, the children's... Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Ensemble. Yeah. That's what it felt more like to me. But in, but I didn't need it. But I was so thrilled to see Ava's face yeah, on the screen. Yeah, I, I loved it. But I love it, listening to her speak. Yeah, I just yeah, that was cool. But it was jarring to be like, oh, we're, okay, Disney's doing this again. And I don't know if it's just like a new thing they're doing. I don't know. I don't either. I don't. I didn't see Tomorrowland in theaters, but uh... I wonder if Brad Bird was like, "What you're about to see is weirdly bleak and fucked up. Enjoy." <laughs> you are looking at the pasty <laughs> face of a visionary. <laughs> Tomorrowland? Bow down! <laughs> when Catherine Hahn gets decapitated. <laughs> I felt that. I felt that whole scene. I was like, this is the most fucked up thing. Yeah. And I am living. I really hate that scene because of the guns that they're holding. Like, they look like super soakers. They do. And they take you out of the film. Because apparently Tomorrowland is like Wakanda level, like sophisticated mm-hmm. space age technology. And, it's and then they're holding water guns <laughs> that have been spray painted gold or whatever. Oh God. And they're like, it's like when, when Laura Dern is like shooting in Last Jedi, it's like pew, 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 pew. pew. Like, it seems like that's the noise that those guns would make. Totally. Like I'm surprised they don't have to like charge, like do the thing, the, the cocking of the water gun before. Yeah. They, yeah. 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 Where they got to pump it up. Yeah. Um, I'm miming a pump. <laughs> yeah. Pump it up. Okay, so nice. back to Wrinkle in Time. Let's discuss the the Mrs. Who, the Mrs. What, and the Mrs. Sandwich. The Mrs. What of it all. Is it what's it? It's what's it. 
What's it? It's what's her name. They Who, are what's it and which? They are which? Is that right? Very enjoyable which, to me. Which? Yes. Oprah was singularly the most enjoyable for me. I agree. This is another reason why, I, I, to Ben's point, I really think A Wrinkle in Time is going to be one of those misunderstood movies. Not by the not by the adults who watched it, but by the kids who are watching it now are going to reclaim it later on. And a big part of that is you just cannot deny the spiritual power of Oprah Winfrey telling you that you are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that, just the way the you are. That, that, that you're not just me. okay, you're magnificent. Yeah. I'm actually dying to talk to my six-year-old cousin about this movie. I don't know if she's seen it yet. But last weekend, um, we did like a little family lunch cheese plate thing. And my my plates. aunt's mother, who is like my Santa Monica grandmother out here. I My other grandmother lives here, but she's my other one. And, uh, and she was like, what movie is everybody excited to see? Like, if you could see any movie, what would it be? And then Isla, my six-year-old cousin, immediately yells, A Wrinkle in Time! <laughs> Fuck yeah. And so I'm dying to know what she Aww. thought of it. Like, yeah. she, like, she's the perfect audience. She's this yeah. amazing little feminist, like... Yeah, like, what are young girls... Yeah. What are young girls coming out of this movie thinking? And, and it's got to... It's got to... And, and young faggots. They're going to be like, that's me up there. I'm a supervillain. <laughs> I think that it is really... I'm Charles Wallace. It's gonna be like Spartacus, like all the gay kids standing one at a time. No, I'm Charles Wallace. I'm Char- I'm Charles Wallace. I'm Charles Wallace. That <laughs> fucking kid. He I he love he, him. I think he has spunk. He ruined. I think it. he's got verve. I think he's got personality. When he when they get to the, I could not to the flower land and, and he's, he's just like, like come on. He's like. Luminous. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's luminous. <I> died. <laughs> and that little faggot said luminous. Representation is important. <laughs> I just I found him just so insane. When he is wearing his jumper and shorts. I'm pants. underwhelmed. <laughs> when they were in the beach land mm-hmm. and like red eyed Michael Pena's like taking him away, I'm like, I'm done. Only like I'm a, I'm complete. Only a, I'm finished. A, I'm I'm finished. <laughs> Only, only like a, a delicate little like what? What's the next generation after millennials? Generation Gen X. Z. Like oh, only like X a a, preco- a precocious out seven year old generation Zer would look at Chris Pine and say, "I'm underwhelmed." <laughs> it is such a fuck you to the people who came before you. Also, are we not? Does the end of the movie acknowledge that like Chris Pine like is like let's just leave Charles Wallace? Yeah, let's go. Oh, no, like, they don't talk about it. He's like, leave the kid, <laughs> leave it's, the kid. Like they're leaving back like the adopted, the adopted kid. kid. It's like kind of fucked no, up. No, that is fucked up. I feel, I feel you on that. I do too. I that and is, they don't I, acknowledge it. No. Like no wonder Charles Wallace is bitter. Yeah, he's a he's a bitter queen. No wonder he's an angry homosexual. He needs to read the Velvet Rage. It's time. <laughs> he's six years old. He he's growing up in a straight man's world. He's got to read it. Read up, baby. Um, I love a movie about how a young twink rejects his daddy. <laughs> um, I wanna, I wanna give a shout out to uh, <coughs> Le- Levi Miller, who plays the 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 young white who loves the young white boy who loves Meg. He was he's very good in. I don't know if either of you guys saw it, but this little Christmas horror movie called Better Watch Out. That's but he, but a, uh, but a gay man directed that film, right? A, a gay man directed that film, and. Um, Levi Miller plays this, like, teenage, like, privileged, white, hot, you know, like a young hot who, like, will grow up to be an adult hot who can, like, get away with murder. Yeah. He's so good. He's a silver spoon boy. Yeah. He's, so he's really, really good. Um, And I loved him in that. Nice. I I thought he was great in this. Um, But anyway. 
Love I thought him. he was just great. Just just great. Should we talk more about Charles Wallace now that the topic has been brought yes. up? Yeah. Brandon? I, I didn't would, like him. I would so you love didn't like to know I didn't Wallace. like why you don't support young homosexuals <laughs> releasing <laughs> their I, inner demons. I just I, I didn't Charles I didn't Wallace. like the character. I thought he was stealing away from A know it all. I thought <laughs> <laughs> You thought <laughs> He was like, that. He was flam- that bitch. He was that flamboyant gay faggot on the field that you thought, if you associated with him, that he would out you, and that's why you didn't like him. I'm going to therapize hey. you right now. No, I, I was. Have, I have nothing to do with this because I, I have a young faggot in elementary those. school walking the field on recess, watching the boys play soccer. Brandon was oh, that faggot. Thank I you was very doing much. that too. But there was the kids that were gayer than me. Gayer than the path walkers? That I didn't want to associate with. I don't know know if I had any of that level. I don't know if any of you... Well, I I grew up in Northern California, so there's a lot of that. There was more outness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm starting to feel weird about calling a seven-year-old the F word. (laughs) (laughs) Just to put that out there. That's all. I'm going to keep doing it. Good. Um, But, okay, just strictly talking about the character, he was just... We support you, Charles Wallace. He was just, yes, I, of course. I mean, I say faggot only with love ever. Same. I've never used a pejorative. The young actor who plays, the young actor, Derek McCabe, who plays Charles Wallace is great. I just thought the character was too much and was, it was a Mary Sue. Was just, was just very, that's not what a Mary Sue is. Very, very loud and like outshining Meg. I don't know. It's just like, this is Meg's story. Can Charles Wallace, like, he was loud. Brandon's problem is that Charles Wallace is too shrill. I just, Charles Wallace the, is just too much. The, the character, give him less to do. Get, I just give no, here, Meg more. Here's, I would counter that with, on the page, I'm not sure Charles Wallace does have so much to do. It's that that little, that little queen actor. is able to say the word luminous. The actor and is And sets great. the screen on fire. I mean, Jesus. The actor is great. Like, just... I don't know. Just, I want more Meg. Okay, guys? Whatever. I could use more Meg. Shut up. Shut up. Okay, shut up. Okay, shut up. Okay, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I thought Mindy Kaling was miscast. Thank you. Oh, let's go there now. <laughs> Brandon's getting so real. That's just so weird. Brandon, I wouldn't leave you behind that in Mordor, even though I don't agree. That is such a characterization of that character in the film compared to the book. Yeah. In the book, does the character only read quotes and then say where the, the place, not only the, the place of the quote? I just thought I it was remember. weird. The place was weird, but I also understand it's sort of this, not like, the place, th- th- this yeah. like, we are one idea, like, it's our emotions are what bind us together, they transcend border, they transcend yeah. nationality, like, I get all that. I'm okay with it. Did, did I want Mindy Kaling to have more to do than just read off, like, a day, like, a quote a day calendar? Miranda line from Hamilton? Which... Which upsets me because I saw the Mary Poppins Returns trailer before, and it's like Mm -hmm. Disney does this cross-promotional thing Mm -hmm. that just makes me want to... like join a socialist commune. Right. I want. I want to like do Timothy Chalamet and Lady Bird and like exit the economy. Try not to contribute. Nice. Not not into paper money right now. <laughs> but that that's what it made me think of. Unfortunately, even though Lin Manuel Miranda is a fucking genius, also you know a huge self empowerer, and and so in that level it makes sense to slot his quote into this universe. But it's yeah. like the dude is 
headlining Tomorrow your next big be movie. Tomorrow there'll more of us. That's the quote. Which is... That's used. Yeah, which is outstanding and What and was the one quote where it's just one word and she's like, dang. And Chris Tucker. Like, Tucker, damn. that's what it was. Tucker, a man in his dams. Yeah. I mean, okay, I don't think... I mean, I... I Honestly, I do, I do think she's missing. I don't know. I, she's not quite right. I don't know. Something's, I, something I, about the character and the performance was off. Visually, just, I think she's just right. I'm just not Visually, she looks sold great. that Mindy Kaling can play anyone other than Mindy Kaling. Uh, Kelly Kapoor. I guess I just, I, just, I just see that as an extension of her. Well, that's because that's how we were introduced to her. Right. Doesn't mean it's her. That's right. I guess that's the character I see, and I've watched. I watched every episode of the Mindy Project, and oh. I just don't know how deep the acting talent goes. She's one of the funniest people alive. She's one of the most expressive comedic actors of her generation. I mm-hmm. think when like, she smiles and when she smirks and smiles and just looks in this film. Yeah. It works for no, me, but, but when she's reading the quotes, I'm like, I'm lost. That's what I'm building to, though, is like, because of those smiles, smirks, and honestly, she just has this, um, these amazing eyes Yeah, um, that just, she's got the fucking world in those eyes. Like, I find her compelling to look at, Yeah, and I, when you have a character who doesn't really get a character, that she doesn't get to, she gets like a, a handful of lines where she's right. expressing her true self, you have to rely on that expressiveness that Mindy Kaling has, a, has as a performer. And she also is like, I think, an underrated physical comedian, but she doesn't mm. use any of that. It's just all in the face in the movie. And on, and, and on that level, I think she gives a fine performance. I think that the role itself should have been given a little bit more to do. Yeah. Well, there. I forgot you mentioned there is that moment where she does say real lines when they're in like when they're like dying when or they're, whatever. Which I don't. When totally they're fading get. away, I don't, I don't totally understand why. Like a movie because that, then they're able that, to come back, right? And then she's. I, it's just in a movie <laughs> that is all about like don't accept defeat, like yeah. unleash your inner self. It's weird to that like, they're just like fading away. No, no, no. Like, it's it's weird that it's like I can only be myself when I'm dying. When I'm healthy, I'm hiding behind the also, words. Also, I of love others. the the field of corn. Just like the, or wheat or whatever it is, the yellow field. Just yeah. like the yellow field in Bradbird's Tomorrowland. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they just shot it in Tomorrow, Ter- Terry Malick's backyard. Yeah. In Tomorrowland. Yes. Oh, um, Tomorrowland. What I want to say. Yeah, I mean, I. I while we say. are on the topic of a Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes. Yeah. I think. When the inevitable Hamilton movie comes, that Ava is the only person that should be able to direct it. Oh, fuck, Ooh. yeah. I told you I was going to drop a bomb. This is the bomb. Ooh, that's a good bomb. Ba-ba-boom! Um, because an A-bomb, more like an Ava-bomb. I Ava-bomb. think Ava is the heir apparent to the, like, Scorsese, the Tarantino, like, use of pop music in movies. I love... 13th, for instance, I mean, that's a documentary, but it really shows how sharp her music chops are, and she knows exactly where to place uh-huh. in a movie. She knows exactly what song to use, and when to use exactly. it, and what it will mean, and how For maximum feel. impact. Oh, guys, and this is, yeah, yes. the, the soundtrack in this movie mm-hmm. was giving me some Fifty Shades vibes, because there's Boom. some, Bop. there's Boom. some Bop. Sia, you make me feel. <laughs> and there's the Sade song, there's yes. uh, like the climax of yes. the film. And, and that's, again, like... That's why it's so fucking cool that Ava DuVernay got a hundred million dollars. She's like, we're gonna drop a shot at song. Yeah, can we do that? Into yeah, movie. we can do that because it's my fucking movie. Yeah, I totally forgot about the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that. And up. And there's that, the like the the alienating moment in the beginning when she's playing basketball or whatever. Yeah, and it's like there's a pop song playing and there's a mm-hmm. slow push in and you're just like, this is ma-. like Ava is so good at that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that 
Um, well, I, I'll, I'll save that for a later point in the discussion. Yes, I agree with that. I really like in this movie the montage of how the it manifests on Earth as a black <clears throat> evil <clears throat> substance yes. that makes everyone upset. Angry, and doubts angry. themselves, takes it out on others. Yeah. Yes. And we see, we get a little bit of empathy for all of the other characters yes. through this. We see Very the mean nice. girl mon- an eating disorder. That montage is the reason why we know Charles Wallace can still be saved. Right? Because we're seeing that, like, everyone can fall prey to the it. Mm-hmm. Which is true. I'm falling prey to the it right now. I've already fallen for the it. Oh, you've fallen for the it. Brandon's in love with the darkness. <laughs> Brandon just wants those gooey tendrils <laughs> up in him. I love seeing Andre Holland. Oh, yeah, Principal Jenkins. I wasn't sure that I needed to hear the words Principal Jenkins and like the other dimension. Like in the alternate version. <laughs> she like Stormy is like, and Principal Jenkins will call on me or like something like that. I'm like, the words Principal Jenkins do not mesh with this weird, like psychedelic other world. With the Taking zone. me out. The zone. Yeah, the, the, the zone. zone. Yeah. The so zone. many so many stalker esque movies zone. this year. Yeah. Ben still hasn't seen Annihilation. <laughs> yeah, you haven't even seen uh, I'll see it this anni- week. Annihilation. Annihilation. I will see it this week. If you love movies where Jennifer Jason Lee plays a depressed forest wanderer, <laughs> boy, do I have a movie for you. So I just of- like movies where Natalie Portman weeps. Does she? Oh, yeah. Great. Does she? Oh, yeah, she does. If you she like... She cries on her couch. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, while she's listening to Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yes. Or- um... <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be like a Stephen Stills song, actually. <laughs> I'm not positive about that. I liked I liked people drawing uh, parallels uh, with Annihilation to exploration of depression, which I didn't think about that the first time or, yes. so, or even the second time I saw it. That's what I ha- haven't seen it yet. Sorry, we're done. It. Have I'm you? Done. I mean, all right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Daniel Cook with three O's. No, not that done. I, we haven't talked about what a uh, what a little uh, what a little passive aggressive. I'm just gonna keep saying Reese, bitch, bitch for everyone. Reese in this movie, she's like, mm. but Reese th- is owning that smize. She is serving me passive aggressive realness. Yeah, I think Reese could be less broad. I agree with that. That's, I unfortunately Reese is a weak link for me in the film. I agree. She's so Ben and I are literally speaking through gritted teeth she right is now to talk ill of Reese, the youngest strong. child in the audience. Yeah, yeah she and definitely I don't is. Love it. It's yeah. upsetting because Reese is one of those rare performers who kills it at comedy and drama, and it's because she understands timing. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon's timing is so sharp. It, it's why, like, Big Little Lies, like, from as soon as you meet that character, you're like, she's not a... Uh, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, she, she's almost like... <laughs> I audience. just made a face, and I'm expecting our <laughs> podcast listeners to Make the noise, that. and then I'm... <laughs> yeah. You can picture that you can face. Pick, you can pick that up. With that sound. So it's disappointing. Like, she can turn an emotion on a dime. Like, she has that thing that Julia Louis-Dreyfus has, that she can say she can say more in the raising of an eyebrow mm. than most actresses can in a monologue. Or most actors, for that matter, don't need mm. to make it a, a woman versus woman thing. And it's a little disappointing that in this film, she is just going for every single yeah. line. Yeah. And and then, when, and then when she has to be sweet, she's just a little too pat. Mm-hmm. You know? She just wraps it up a little too nicely. Yeah. I mean, she she's very much in a children's movie. She's acting for a children's movie. Yeah. she's But she's in, like, Candyland, the yeah. movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I kept or, thinking about I mean, what if, Salad Land, if, if this like, movie was huh, a cartoon... 
if it was animated fully, uh-huh. would I think the acting is out of place? And I still think it is too much. <laughs> Even for an animated Even film. Entirely too much acting before salad breakfast. <laughs> uh, when she spins in the... There he's like, we don't usually get naked in front of each other, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> She's like, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> She's just twirling naked. She la, la, la. A leaf. She's <laughs> a leaf dragon. <laughs> when they're fly, just levitating above the leaf. It's a superfood. I was like, am I high? I was sure that I were wish fly. that I had gotten high before this. <laughs> yeah. Like that, I could have watched just 45 minutes of them riding on the back of Reese the Salad Dragon, just like over billowing clouds, like towards the sun, just talking about their problems. Why does she turn into salad with the head of an artichoke? Because she can. Because she can. Is that it? Yes. This is a dimension of time and space where anything is possible. And that's her choice. Flying salad. Yeah. For me, it's more again, nothing in this movie happens organically. Speaking of salad. Okay, yeah, granted, Crotus, right? But things just happen in the plot because it's time for them to happen. Which, which, when you're in this sort of, like, interdimensional space in movies like Stalker or Annihilation, you, you're, you have to suspend your disbelief, but it's sort of forced upon you. Like, in Stalker, it's like, where do we go next? Well, I have a nut attached to this rope, and I'm going to throw that, and then we go where I throw that. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. Don't go over there, because the house is talking. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't walk that way through the waterfall. You'll be lost for 20 years. Like, you just, you're in sort of a super world, or, or, like, yeah. a, or like a magical realm. So, like, Wrinkle in Time doesn't have to totally connect all these dots in order for it to work on its own terms, but it is just a little... I do need just like a little bit of uh, an explanation, a little bit. Yeah, I just need. <sighs> I don't know. I I'll say it's this: just motivation, acting motivation. Yeah. Although uh, that's interesting, a motivation for the performances anyway, for like for mm-hmm. the characters. I think that this movie does a wonderful job, especially in a children's movie, since it's children's movies are pills of ideas for children to take and then feel better in the morning. The idea of the strong female character, which mostly in the cinema means we're going to give you a gun, we're going to give you a cutoff, and then you're just going to run, and you're going to shoot guys, and you're going to be badass, and that's a strong female character. I love that Meg Murray is a strong female character, but her strength comes from recognizing where her strong points are. Her strengths are her faults. Exactly. As Reese tells her. Yeah, that's Reese's best moment. And her strengths are science. Like stem. That S T E M. Stem. Speaking stem. of salad. Speaking of drugs. Mm-hmm. Stems. Oh. I oh, I just my. think that I just look, guys. I just think that <laughs> that's a wonderful message to tell children. It and, is. And it's so important. And I think that it will resonate with kids. The idea that your faults are your strengths. I she wish is her hair like Lady Gaga. So. <gasps> yes. <gasps> wow. Wow. Yes. Um, but yeah, I love that, like, it's meant, it's meant to be, like, a snide comment, like, yeah, well, your faults, blah, blah, but then it actually ends up being, like, a super empowering I love moment. when, I love that moment in the movie where Reese is, like, um, serving Vicky Creep's realness, and it's just like, bleh, 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 to Meg. Yeah. Meg's like, don't leave, she's like, bleh, 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 bleh. Yeah, she's, like, making fun of her, she's, yeah. gosh, she's so mean. Did you know that, uh, Zach Galifianakis' <laughs> character is 
The happy medium is named happy medium. Yeah, I did not know that. Which I, it's another I thing hated I, that scene. I liked it quite a bit. Okay. I think Zach I Galifianakis knows exactly what scene movie. he's in. I hated yeah. parts of this movie. I hate to say it, but I hate things sometimes. Brandon's a bit of a hater. <laughs> I'm the most hater on this. Sipping on that psychedelic haterade. It's my turn to hate. No, that this was a delightful little film. No, there were stretches where I was like, please God, Again, end my life. I think that the movie has a lack of stakes. I think to Ben's point, it has a lack of propulsion in the narrative in an organic way. It's and just therefore, like, okay, now it's time to find the father. <laughs> and so we do. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I think that the chamber that he's stuck in, that James Terrell installation piece, is so visually striking. Mm-hmm. I, I think, like when it goes from orange to pink. I do too. It, nice. it is um, love color. It is. It is express. It, it is. It is what the medium is for. It is expressing a mood through light and color and framing. I do. I understand. Mm. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Mm. Tiffany Haddish. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the mm. boss baby. Mm. What I'm getting at here is this James Terrell geometric light installation makes me think of the Boss Baby. What's wrong with that? Yeah. I want to watch the Boss Baby. So we tasked ourselves to watch the Eva DuVernay picture, middle of nowhere, and I just want to give a shout out to Lorraine Toussaint, who is incredible. Yeah, Academy or no, not Academy Award, Independent Spirit Award nominee. So this Emmy nominee. For uh, she did the new no, Black? she didn't Correct. get that nomination. Oh, what? Fuck. I think I'm right about this. No, and it was an outrage because she should have been in supporting because and she, was she in should so have won. People, she's in so many episodes. Yeah, I actually oh. I stopped watching Orange Is the New Black shortly after they killed off her character. Mm-hmm. By which I mean I watched like the first three was, episodes of season. The, 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 she was the most compelling character, not just on that show that year, but on television that year. Yeah, I she think. was in season two, and that was doesn't watch that television. was the last good season of Orange Is the New so Black. So she won the critics. She two. won the Critics Choice Award. She won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actress for Orange is the New Black. I also love, love, love Lorraine Toussaint and Selma, specifically the scene where she and um, and Coretta are just like walking outside, I think outside of an an elementary school, and she's basically like, you look, I'm just going to tell you a thing or two. Like, if you're going to be in this role that your husband's in, got to get used to a couple things. Mm -hmm. Because her character's name, who does she play? She plays Amelia Boynton, who is an activist herself, I believe. And I just love I just love the sharing of the wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's in such a warmer way than the middle of nowhere, where she just like is so caustic. Where she's like and just like barks at everybody. The truth. You're gonna, you if you're kids. gonna use your key, why'd you knock? Yeah. <laughs> so good. I love that line. Like, she's not even reading people for filth, she's just telling them the truth. The way she's that she takes the, the plate of cheap Chinese food. Yes! There's something so good and she just discards it. What does she say when she sees the Chinese food? I don't remember. She says something cutting. She's like, this again? Yeah, it's something yeah, like that. Something like that. I okay. love Lorraine Toussaint. She's Did she really play good. herself in Girls Trip? That herself? Is, that's what the IMDb is telling me. <laughs> I know, me too. And I'm like, wait. Oh, I, don't I like remember this. That. Okay, so Lorraine Toussaint is starring in a short film that is currently in post production. The short is called Anne Frank Meets God. Lorraine Toussaint is playing God. <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> Her role of God. It's the titular Who's role. Who's playing the titular role of Anne Frank? Well, I'll tell you. It's probably like Sir Ronan. It is Aubrey Peoples. Mm. I know an Aubrey Peoples. <laughs> let's talk about Middle of Nowhere just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's. One of the things... So I saw Middle of Nowhere years ago. Um, and I wish that I, I didn't have time to rewatch it for this. Um, but she... It's- 
very good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. The lighting is pretty good and it, pretty it, the Bradford Young. Pretty good. And that's where that's where I'm getting at here is that this is one of the big Bradford Young announcement mm-hmm. films. Would go on to shoot films like Arrival. Go on. How he did not get nominated for Selma is a crime against human humanity. Humanity. But I just find it very interesting that what she keeps from the middle of nowhere of it all and a wrinkle in time is that intimate character drama feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's very interested in families, makeshift families, and how everybody feels inside their heads and then how they talk to one another about their ideas. But Wrinkle in Time is such a colorful palette. That you get like some golds in Selma, but Selma is mostly like I think about like deep, rich mahogany. I think mm-hmm. about it's very brown. It's very brown. And one oh okay, so anyway, so we'll we'll get to Selma. But I I I think that it's compelling that Middle of Nowhere is such a visually striking film. It's a film that wins her bet the best directing award at Sundance, I think partly because she knows how to operate her characters inside of that space and is able to conjure a mood out of it. She uses music again very well. Yes, yes. she does. Yes, she does. <gasps> but that in A Wrinkle in Time is just like a completely different palette, which doesn't say mm-hmm. that filmmakers have to stick to the same color palette and everything, but like yeah. all of a sudden it's fluorescent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's Can best. we talk about the best film of 2014, Selma? Selma. Yes, let's. I <laughs> I didn't rewatch it. I didn't have time. Snowbird, man. But <laughs> yikes. Um, it was my number five that year, I do believe. I do believe, I do not believe. Birdman. I think Selma. it's a movie that is very good. And I, I liked it more so today than I did then. But, I have a but. I'm sorry to those... What did you say what? the words TV movie? No, I wasn't I'm leaving going the to. house. I was not going. You All know, right. I saw Selma back in theaters when it came out with a friend who told me he his critique of the movie was how the... He felt like there was no direction, and it felt like a TV well, movie. Well, that's crazy. Completely and incorrect. I, I, my blood boiled. I. Uh, okay, <laughs> let me let me just. I just what need to like notes? get it out. What are your notes? Get, get out. It's get not. Out. It's not. Notes get out. So much as it's just like an exploration of who I am as a human being. Mm-hmm. I am a writer and a filmmaker myself, and I have a very specific point of view as an artist of what I think a movie is and should be. Okay. And Martin Luther King Jr. is just too emotionally strong of a character for me. But what she does with Martin Luther King is takes the embalming fluid out of his veins and pumps it with red hot blood. He's not, but he's still not emotionally conflicted enough for me. I completely disagree. He's completely flawed. He's both the man and the message. You know what I mean? He has to, he, he is speaking for, he's not just speaking for black people, although obviously that's the big MO. Mm-hmm. He's speaking for civil rights, period. He's talking about voting rights. He's talking about anti, uh, like he's an anti-capitalist. But he's that's a creature. Like, external conflict. No, 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 I know. But what I'm saying is, is like, he, he is all of these things because he has a not so quiet passion inside of him for social justice. He sees the difference between right and wrong. And yet at the same time, he cheats on his wife. He is conflicted about the best way to organize. Occasionally, he doesn't want to be Mr. Nonviolence. He wants to go to the fucking streets and get turned a little bit. And, yes, I and, just don't see that in the performance. Really? I mean, that that's what's so staggering about a Yellow performance to me, is he both... Snubbed for best Huge snub. He both gives you the king that you want to see, delivering, like, that rousing oratory and, like, organizing. And mm-hmm. see, this is why I was always surprised that you didn't like Selma, and I'm glad that you liked it this time, is because we, Ben and I, love 
a little bit of coalition building. Mm-hmm. We love a little labor organizing, a little activist organizing. But see, I guess the thing that I love about all... Norma Ray is that she doesn't want to do it. And I don't see that... But that's not King. I know, and that's why I can't embrace the, this movie. The thing about King is that he's so tired. Mm-hmm. Like, he, 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 he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. And the first time you meet him, when he's about to win the Nobel Prize, he's like... Greta, I don't fucking know. Like, they're about to give me this huge, prestigious honor, and I, I'm, I'm a man. Like, I don't know if I'm the messenger. Like, that's, that's his conflict, and the fact that he, that he is imperfect. There's that, your conflict. There's your conflict. That, that, that he cheats on his wife. That he's, he, he is a preacher, and yet doesn't always conduct himself as a religious. See, I man. have a problem with using that he cheats on his wife as internal conflict in this situation because it has nothing to do with civil rights. It has everything to do with civil rights. because How? Because he's Martin Luther King. That's his personal life. Let me life. tell you. Like, separate. Because we have never considered Martin Luther King Jr.'s personal life in history. The thing about Ava DuVernay's work, I think, and especially in Selma, is that there is a part of her environment, or not just the sets, not just where she's placing her action, but there is a sense of history in every frame of Selma. Sure. In her work, I think this is so beautiful, and I've, like, never stopped repeating this but in her words she is interrogating history i love that interrogating history and part of that is looking at this symbol for civil rights and saying and and saying exactly that like you view him as a symbol when we talk about him as this pious man this unimpeachable dude who did nothing wrong she's peeling that back and showing that there was a man underneath she's doing the same thing that scorsese is doing in the last temptation of christ Mm mm-hmm it's it's very much the same conflict as in Last Temptation of Christ. The idea I don't see it. I just don't. But do you do you not do you not even understand the comparison? No, I do intellectually. Okay. Right. As long I as do. you get, hey, look, I can't convince. I you. just don't feel it. Yeah, as long as you get the comparison. But what I love about Selma, and this has nothing to do with what we were just talking about, but that it's a movie that understands that social change happens in the back rooms. It's mm-hmm. dirty. It's frank. And it is not as pious and spiritually clean as we think that social change might be. Mm-hmm. Right. And I also love, and, and she does this in Wrinkle in Time too, just like as a director. She loves to put paintings and pictures in her frames hanging on the wall next to her characters in order to inform where they're coming from. So like LBJ has a portrait of Andrew Jackson on his wall. And that's again this idea of like history overlooking the whole thing. And then... Um, what is it in Wrinkle? It's... I don't remember I don't pictures. Remember painting. There's one. It's while Charles Wallace is waiting in the, um, in the principal's office. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think. But what was it? I, I can't, can't remember. And and I did notice, and I made a mental note, and I don't remember. But she does it there too. But there is, yeah, there is a painting hanging in, um, that principal's office. Yeah, and I can't remember what it is, but it's something good. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, and also jail cells. That's the other thing. You don't think about Martin Luther King as being a criminal. Like, she she turns him into a little bit of... I mean, he was a criminal. Like, by, by the definition of that. I mean, See, I guess also part of it is I was taught he was a philanderer, and I was taught that he went to jail a lot. You grew up in California. I grew up in California. I grew up in Northern California. Yeah. I grew up in, like, one of the most liberal places in the country. 
I get the, the thing about... And I, like, got a full picture of Martin Luther King. I think part of the reason why DuVernay's... All of her films feel so urgent is because she is herself an activist. And in every single one mm-hmm. of her films... I haven't seen I Will Follow, so I can't speak to that. But middle of nowhere, there's this whole other storyline going on about incarceration, about mm-hmm. prisoners' rights. Mm-hmm. In Selma, obviously, we're not just talking about civil rights. We're talking about voting rights. We're talking about discrimination. And also, it's just one of the most brilliant pieces of casting, I think, ever. To have Oprah Winfrey, (gasps) cast Oprah Winfrey, the most powerful, smart, empowering, beautiful woman in the world, have cast her as the woman who is not issued a voting ID. Mm -hmm. Like the most basic Uh, of American rights. Anyway, 13th, obviously, is all about systemic racism. It's all about how the 13th Amendment has allowed racism to be codified into Mm -hmm. our world and how everything can be tied back to that. So... It's also about racism and a lot of other things. And then A Wrinkle in Time is all about self-empowerment, self-actualization, understanding that what others might say are the worst parts about yourself are the best parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's about lifting up young girls. So um, this is all to say, I don't even remember why I'm bringing this up, but I think that that is... it's a good through line for all her work. Yeah, I mean, there's a real urgency, like a spiritual urgency to all of her films. um, And she makes them seem... She makes these truths self-evident. Is why I find her to be such a strikingly clear, uh, have such a strikingly clear voice as a filmmaker. It never feels muddled to me. Even in A Wrinkle in Time, which is convoluted, our one, you know, a critique that's been brought up here is she's just like a little, she's just hammering her themes home a little too loudly. Mm-hmm. But you can't miss them, right? You know, they're, yeah. they're they're much in Selma, and I mean, <sighs> and what I like, my favorite part of oh, Wrinkle in Time was the messaging. So when it was being hammered into my face, I didn't mind. You're like, I agree with this, but just take it out a notch. Yeah. I, it was the rest of the movie where I was like, oh God, make just, it Yeah, end. My Leave problem with Selma is just, there are just some script things that bother me, but it's not like, I still think she directs the hell out of yeah. it. And the bloody Sundays. Scene. There are such striking oh images in it. Mm-hmm. King in the jail cell. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I mean, we've already evoked Bradford Young, but, like... Evoke him again. He is so... We'll be evoking him for the rest of our lives. He is so fucking good. I can't believe it got nominated for Best Picture and then, like, Best nothing song. else. Best song. It Which won, it won. It won song. Yeah. And but, Best Picture. But I do think that it's a major crime that she was not nominated for Best Director. Correct. And it's... it's When you think about... You think about small-scale direction... And it's because of, of people like me. That's right, Ben. Ben, ben is the one keeping Ava DuVernay away from her Academy Award for Best Director. Who thought it was not emotional. Who was nominated that year? It wasn't man. Jenna Rollins, you know, oh, and A Woman Under the Influence. Yeah, okay. I uh, needed I needed, <laughs> I needed, Martin Luther King to just be like shrieking in, yeah. in behind the scenes. He was making the wrong kind of cross with his fingers. Yeah, I just like, I know I have a certain type of movie that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I think Selma's like seven different movies and uh, all wrapped into one. It's such a dynamic film. And I kind of get bored when it becomes a courtroom drama. Okay. It works for me on that level. Rather than listing every single seven, I used to write for a website. You can, I wrote about it then. You can look it up there if you want. But I will just keep it simple. The reason why she should have been nominated for Best Director is that it is both a small scale, intimate, personal drama where you get a sense of every single character and all these tiny uh, interior moments and then it is also a huge ensemble piece. She is, she's bringing to life the civil rights uh, movement. She's, she's bringing to life the struggle against the police. She's bringing to life... The, it, it's a movie about resistance, 
both personal and on mass. And the fact that she's able to blend those two elements together seamlessly, that it's both a small and enormous, it's an epic, like I said earlier, and yet it feels like a small character drama. It is what she didn't manage to pull off in A Wrinkle in Time, but did so beautifully in Selma. And for that alone, she should have been nominated for Best Director. Yeah. I love the shot. I think I mean, it's... who else? Was Morton Tilden nominated? Yes. Morton Tilden. Ew. I just cannot believe that. I mean, can I? (laughs) (laughs) What a travesty. Was the theory of everything? That was a... No, that was the same year. James Marsh was not nominated. He was not. Um, Hold on. Do you want to talk about the Invitation game for a second? No. No. But it was... I would love to drag the Invitation game. I'd rather die. Linkletter deserved it. Inyari 2, I will say, deserved it. Maybe another one. Um, Morton Tildum. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Oh, Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher. Not nominated for Best Picture, but... Oh, uh, yeah. Who are... Th- it wasn't... Morton Sh- It wasn't Damien Chazelle. No. Yeah, probably. Was Who? Damien Chazelle nominated? It probably... Because that movie got, like, seven nominations. Wait, was this... is this... embarrassing! Oh, I'm in the wrong year. Was it the 87th Oscars? Uh... When you Google it, I you have know. to say the year of the ceremony. I'm just going to the IMDb Awards and Nominations page for Birdman, which is my go-to for everything, the Awards and Nominations page. Okay, best... I know some other faggots certainly agree. Best Director, Inuritu, Morton, Bennett Miller... Oh, Wes Anderson! The Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I love that nom! Uh, um, that was fun. So was I fun. say keep Inuritu... I wouldn't have nominated him, but keep Inuritu, keep Miller, keep Linklater, keep Anderson, swap out Tilden for Ava, and that's your five. I yeah. wouldn't even include Put Wes I know. We'll talk about that I don't, in two weeks. Then I honestly don't understand why you don't see the Grand Budapest Hotel as the masterpiece that it is. It is the I epo- don't either. It is the oh, so I'm gonna have to fight. It's on a very other. good movie. It is the it's a, a very. Good it is movie. the apotheosis, the most distilled version of everything Wes Anderson. That's has no, that's always for Life do. Aquatic, and we'll talk about that. That's what everyone. No, 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 no. Life Aquatic is the first half of his career, all dialed down into one sad, melancholy, daddy problems movie. Grand Budapest Hotel is so much more about the style. All the critics said what you're saying about it's Grand Budapest is that it's the distillation distillation of of everything he's done whatever I didn't see it it also okay. I think it's very okay. good alright we'll talk it also is his most timely and relevant everyone picture. we are going to be talking about Isle of Dogs <laughs> in two weeks yeah we're talking about Love, and Simon, we're gonna Simone Simone promo and we get very fucking angry about Wes Anderson <laughs> I wish he was as hot as Spike Jones. That's like, that's all I have to say. It's like, not a bad take. Not a bad take. Um, oh, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. But we we talk- have to talk about Tomorrowland. So I'm voting. We have to talk about Tomorrowland. <laughs> okay, so Tomorrowland is this insane well, let's, movie. Let's, let's, let's give a little context. We're talking this, about Tomorrowland because it is the last Disney movie that major is, director-driven Disney $100 million blockbuster. And it is based on a property, but not one that is proven in the cinema. Yes. These are both based on... Tomorrowland is a theme park ride. properties. It's a theme park land. 
ride. It's not, there's not a specific ride called Tomorrow. No, but there is a specific ride called It's a Small World, which Tomorrowland pimps the shit it does. out of. I thought that was so weird. Tacky, gross, saving Mr. Banks, kill myself shit. Oh, I like I, saving Mr. Banks. I was going to ask you because you're such a. I didn't know you were a Disneyland fan, so I was like, this bitch likes saving Mr. Banks, doesn't he? That I is, like I like the, the 60s half of saving Mr. Banks. A I lot. hate all of that movie. I think I'm that. Thompson. I, I like when Emma Thompson punches the Mickey Mouse, or what does I she like do? I like when Tom work? Hanks is at the end. I'm holding my like a cigarette. Chest, like a cigarette. I swear to God, if you say you like his Walt Disney for all the reasons I just said, I like this Martin Luther King. No, I'm gonna I throw just, my mic at you. I just like his speech where he's just playing Tom Hanks and not Walt Disney at all. Arguably, he doesn't really play Walt Disney in the whole film. <laughs> so Tomorrowland, I miss the anti-Semitic rants. What I love about sorry. Tomorrowland, like I didn't, I didn't miss them. I'm just saying, if it was a truthful representation, right, I understand. Of Walt you just didn't see them. Now when you're you applying chapstick. What's happening? Yeah, it's like, um, it's like yawning. <laughs> applying chapstick is like yawning. Someone else does it, and you just have a physiological need to apply. So, Tomorrowland is a movie about. Global warming, the end of the world, the uh, end it's of about the death of optimism. And that we need these little children wearing the pins, and they are the children of the future, and they're going to save you the world. You know what Tomorrowland could have used a little bit more of? Todd Field's little children. <laughs> oh. Where was the fucking on the washing machine? Oh my god. Um, Where was the eyeing of Patrick Wilson's sunbathed bod at the pool? <laughs> At the pew. Where was the red onesie? <laughs> or not onesie, the ones. Uh, one piece. <laughs> the one piece. Kate Winslet's I red wish one Kate piece. Winslet was wearing a onesie in Little Children. Her red one piece. <laughs> <laughs> the pool. No, if you're asking me what a perfected, like, idealized version of the future looks like, it's the same sets in Tomorrowland, but with Kate Winslet and her one piece, red one piece just doing what Penn is doing, which is just strutting <laughs> through the street. <laughs> That's the future. There's your balance. (laughs) There's your future. There's your balance. So Tomorrowland, a movie that I enjoyed watching with my eyes and my ears and my brain. (laughs) Um, I just enjoyed how fucking insane it is. Yeah. Um, I did two. I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. And it's the opposite with The Wrinkle in Time for me where I hate it. I mean, I did not enjoy watching it, but I appreciated that it is about... It takes... Let me backtrack. A lot of times in big budget studio fare, especially Disney. Disney is the most escapist brand there is. Going to a Disney park is all about forgetting that the world is ending outside the gates. Mm -hmm. That can be a little annoying because we should definitely be aware of the fact that we are contributing to the death of our planet. It is mind-blowing in a good way to me that a major motion Disney picture includes footage of the polar ice caps melting. It's... it's yeah. And so that felt very substantial to me. It felt subversive. It's quite substantial. It's <laughs> I the main girl bothers me, but the young <laughs> robot girl I think is oh. compelling from start to finish. You know who that is. She gets thrown around like I a rag doll. Uh that's sort of her thing in the movies. She also gets thrown around, thrown around like a rag doll as the sister in the killing of a sacred deer. Gonna burn, burn, burn. I forgot that's her. That is. Yeah, that's her, bitch. Brit. Ra- oh no, that's the main Fuck, girl. Remember the Raffy Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Raffy Cassidy. I barely remember it, but I, I love that movie. What a movie! My favorite what, part of the killing a of a sacred deer <laughs> is when Colin Farrell is like, 
He's like, I'm going to tell you a secret, and then you tell me a secret. I jerked off my dad. Your turn. <laughs> ah! My audience and he's like, and he's like, cackled. He's like, I don't have one, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just love when she gets thrown, she gets hit by a car. <laughs> She I love falls. I love that Raffi Cassidy as the seven-year-old robot girl that George Clooney is in love with because she because did. it's her name. <laughs> Boom, Raffi's name. Raffi's name. Because George Clooney fell in love with her as a child, and she just happens to not age because she's a robot. Uh, yeah, it still doesn't look very good. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. My favorite scene in Tomorrowland is when the robot girl is dying, and she goes, Daisy, Daisy. I don't remember that. No, she basically has, like, the howl death in 2001, where she's, like, slowly shutting down. She's like, one more thing. Like, her eyelids are flickering. She's like, I love howl. Love (laughs) howl. And then she dies. Someone at work said the last time they saw 2001 in the movie theater. Cute. Nice. <laughs> um, someone like had to be escorted out by paramedics when the acid trip happened. Nice. <laughs> because they lost their mind. They lost their shit. <laughs> they just lost it. I wasn't expecting the 2001 death for the robot girl that George Clooney is in love with. It's weird that the love interest for George Clooney in this old. movie is a seven-year-old lady robot. I'm sorry! It's a little bizarre. I also... And the Tim McGraw is the dad. Oh, is that Tim McGraw? It's Tim McGraw. It's a great day to be alive. The dad of the blind side. Yes. Wow. Leanne Tui, y'all. He's changing mine. I want y'all to get out. You you get out there and be you. Sandra Bullock is basically the fourth <laughs> Mrs. What's It in this movie. <laughs> and one more thing. I watched Sandra Bullock's Oscar speech the other day. Can you imagine? What is it? She goes, did I really earn this or did I just wear y'all down? And she Ooh. means it. Ooh. And she means it. I forgot it. about that. I mean, fuck the blind side. She's not wrong. <sighs> fuck the blind I side. I love Sandra, but yeah, Sandra fuck the blind Bullock side. won an Oscar because everyone loves her as a human being. Yes. You know? And good for Agreed. her. And good for her. And what's wrong with that? Good for her! But that actually was a really good year. I think, like, Zoe Saldana should have been nominated for Avatar. That was that year, right? 2009? Yes, you would nominate Zoe Saldana locker. for Avatar? Hell yeah. Oh, in a minute. Zoe Saldana is probably my runner-up next You know step. I fell asleep in Avatar, right? And I've never looked back. No, Ben. <laughs> I'd like I to borrow my DVD that. or my Blu-ray. No. Do you have the 3D version? No. Back, I... to, back to Tomorrowland. I really hate... Going back to 10 minutes ago. I what really... year did Tomorrowland come out? 2014? 20... I thought I... It's yeah. not that old. The same year Carol came out. No. Nice. 2015. Then it oh, was 2015. Tomorrow, Tomorrowland oh. is 2015. It was okay. the year of our Lord Carol aired. It was that the same time as Mad Max then? It was probably a summer release. Uh, it, it was a spring May. release. Okay. Came out in May. Yeah. With and Mad so Max, was Mad Max. Max. I'm Mad right. Max. I am fucking right. Wow. I saw both of these at the AMC. I didn't see Tomorrowland, but I thought about it. At the AMC. So, you, so what you just said is a lot. In Times Square. They ben, came out a ben, week, a week ben, apart. Ben, Mad you're Max a liar. And in this case, your faults are not your strengths. That's something you should work on. I knew Yikes. that. The other thing about Tomorrowland is we that there's can't... too much falling. I can't believe you have so much to say about Tomorrowland. I was thinking back today about Tomorrowland, and I was like, wow, Ben Mendelsohn was great. Nope, that was Hugh Laurie. Oh my god. I love Ben Mendelsohn. I do too. Did you guys watch the major motion television series Bloodline? I watched 
I watched season one. Here's the thing: it's not very good. It's but Ben Mendelsohn is extraordinary in it, giving a really new. Extraordinary. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. Yes, he is. Rogue One. Rogue One shoot it out of the sky. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna plug my friend's Twitter handle. uh, At not funny Yunez is only tweeting Last Jedi gifts right now that he pulled himself. So if you need some Last Jedi gifts, that's your place for it. Wonderful. I love that comparison. I love that. I think that there's your balance. There's your balance. Look, I'm here to tell you one thing and one thing only. Your faults are your stars. What's the quote? This has been Movies I Am. A Wrinkle in Time is a mixed fucking bag. Mixed fucking bag. But, but it has a strong, positive message. Yes. And it's worth seeing. And Ava DuVernay is one of our most exciting directors working in the American cinema for the ways in which she is able to blend the intimate interiority with a big epic scale and sense of shared collective history. And the way history. she can just drop a common song into the film. Absolutely. And then win an Crush Oscar it. for it. And then win an Oscar for it. And Chris Pine weeping in the audience at the Oscars. I wonder if that's how he got it. That's how he got the role. <laughs> yes. She saw it. You know what I could have used in A Wrinkle in Time? After... More weeping? No. Yes. 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 Of Chris Pine. After Chris Pine leaves his child behind, I would have loved for a scene at home where he goes... I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. He did. And instead, the movie is just like, I'm finished. <laughs> they just like gloss over the fact that Charles Wallace was gonna. He be was left, left behind. behind, and Meg was, was the one to be like behind. in Mordor. Wait, Dad, no. She's like, Dad, not okay. That's my baby brother, Charles Wallace. Please. That's not a name you shout through the forest. I'm sorry. It is if you are gay. It is if your name is Charles Wallace, Brandon. <laughs> Just what? call him Charles. <laughs> call him Chucky. <laughs> Ew. Chucky. Chaz. 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 Come here, Chaz. Chaz. This has been Movies IMO. It's not your week. It's <laughs> not your week. This has been Movies IMO. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at Movies IMO. Please give us a five star <laughs> or one if you're that bitch. I love when we whine. <laughs> please. please. I, I mean, beg of you. I mean, Jesus, please. We sound um, like Charles Wallace. Please rate us five. Okay, all right. All right, let's, let's, you know, people listen to this show for our professional <laughs> standards, our business ethics, and our informed opinions and sober analysis. So for the third and final time, mm. this has been Movies IMO. We are a podcast about film. We are your faith film fags. You can find us on iTunes. Please give us five stars. Write us a nice review, a little love letter. Next week, we're talking about Love, Simon. So please. Fuck yes. You know what? Simone. Here's a challenge. Here's a challenge. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and sign it, love your name. Oh, cute. That's the love challenge. Love, Jacques. That's the challenge. Sign it, love, love Jacques. Love, Jacques. <laughs> love, Jacques. My name is Daniel Crook. I appreciate you listening. My at is at Daniel Crook with three O's. And I am going to go fly on the back of a wild, organic, greened, salad monster of the disturbing produce variety. Produce. Variety. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. Thank you. I'm Ben MP. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. 
Phyllis Nage has followed me. Phyllis Nage did an excellent interview on the Filmstruck podcast that I listened oh, to on the airplane this morning. Wonderful. Aeroplane. Aeroplane. On the aeroplane over the sea. <gasps> and one day we will die and our ashes will fly. Look, we're not young, sad faggots anymore. We're old, sad faggots, and you can't talk about neutral muff old hell. No, but speaking, but speaking of young, old sad hell. faggots yelling at old, sad faggots, back to Ben's original point, I am looking forward to the critical reevaluation in 20 years of A Wrinkle in Time by the younger generation that knows the that they Charles are in Wallace charge. Fans. The young, no. Ah! I, yes, the, the young Charles Wallaces of the world and the young girls of the world who are inspired by this film to believe in themselves to use their minds, to apply to be a STEM major. Mm. What the world needs now <laughs> is STEM majors. My sister Sweet didn't need STEM it. She major. just needed my radical feminist mother. Hell yeah. My sister's a STEM major. Nice. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.